0: like yo you dissing gucci the clothing brand are you dissing gucci mane I'm like no nigga this shit means god don't like ugly god don't like wax shit god don't like that shit you doing god don't like that shit i be doing
1: kind of disturbed we don't take the time to know what it is to say to know how to welcome brother let's go i have with me on tune the fort. let me get right yeah get right amen. get right get right tim hicks aka let the dirt say amen amen and amen ain't he won't he do it
0: always god is great ja is great
1: man i uh i am beyond grateful that you agreed to come do this, man, especially where you are now with trying to uh make some big life transitions and setting some time aside, man, to kinda like, you know, let this be your your going away thing, man, is much appreciated. And we'll get to that too. So hey, I don't wanna jump in. Hey, yet.
0: Thank you, man. This is uh, you know, before we, you know, hit the clap on, um, I was just gonna say that you offer us something too. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, we're coming and saying, hey, this is what I do, whatever, or having these dialogues um, that are totally beyond the surface, but just you offer us a platform. Like, you know, shout out to Ayanna Gregory, shout out to all the other artists that I've looked at, your, you know, what you're doing and just been like, yo, that is so like amazing, man. This shit is like, you know, this is like Jay Leno level. This is <laughs> like for real, like real talk, man. But thank you, brother.
1: I appreciate That's that, dude. I um. I'm originally from Kansas City, bro. I spent a KC,
0: lot of KC, Missouri. Missouri. Hey, Missouri.
1: Not Kansas. Not Kansas. That's a different it's a different one. It's a huge difference. Now, Do they have a Kansas
0: City as well? Yes. So there are two Kansas cities.
1: And that's why you have to say Missouri. KC, Missouri. Yeah. All right. So I'm glad
0: that I that I now have that distinction there.
1: <laughs> you're welcome, man. Cause it's uh, it's offensive to some of us. Yeah, and I,
0: I thought I heard that before, maybe somewhere in in the battle rap culture. Um, okay. Somebody making that distinction of like, nah, I'm I'm from Missouri, yeah. like you know what I mean. It's, it's you know shout to Kansas, but it's two separate mm-hmm. separate things.
1: So being from there, and being that the majority of what I listen to up to this point is more jazz, mm-hmm. more old school, more stuff like that. Um, where life is. Well, yeah. Where exactly? You got it. I went over to my buddy's house. His name is Buck. He did the artwork and these pieces here.
0: Shout out to Buck. I saw the signature on the bottom. Yeah. Amen.
1: Went over to his house about uh, like last year because he was working on an art piece. He's working on an installation, and he wanted me, uh, Gerald Two to Tone, DJ Two Tone Jones, and uh, another DJ, DJ Corey T, to basically do the soundscape for his for his work. Okay. Apparently, Two Tone went over there and was like, "Yo, man, you need to check out this album." Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, "What is it?" And he was like, "God hates Gucci." Wow. So I go over to my boy Buck's house to start talking about what we're gonna do for this music. And dude. I'm listening to this shit, and I'm blown away by what I'm hearing. And he's saying that the dude is from here, produced the joints, cold, and I had to start going to listen. That's how I got introduced to you. I then started following you on um, Instagram and then seeing this another layer of expression added on to what it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I looked and I was like, this is a bad motherfucker. This is a bad motherfucker. I need to, I don't know when I'm gonna reach out and I'm talking, I'm kind of doing long windows. So just give me a minute. Um, didn't know how that was gonna play out, but then I started digging a little bit deeper past God Hates Gucci to Bullets, mm-hmm. To Cornell West theory. And I was like, if I'm gonna have any kind of conversation with this brother, it has to be, it has to start with DC. Let's go. Cause at your core, bro, that's what you War seven. are representing. So, to that point, man, growing up in DC. What was it like for you growing up in D.C.?
0: D.C. was um, first, shout out to Northeast, shout out to Southeast, Southside, shout out to Southwest, shout out to Uptown, Northwest. Um, and shout out to the DMV as a whole. Okay. Let's talk about the district. The, right. The D in DMV. Um, D.C. growing up, for me, I grew up, I was born in the late 70s, I grew up in the 80s, in the 90s, and DC during that time was a beautiful place, honestly, Um, despite what we might have lacked uh, in aesthetics. Maybe the infrastructure might have been wild, you know, politicians doing what they do, which is usually nothing, masked under the art of something. Um, but D.C. was still beautiful. It was, like, very community-oriented. Um, the whole street looked out for you. The next street, you had neighbors that looked out for you. Um, it was definitely trials. Mm-hmm. Because it was old D.C. It was the time of um, the crack era getting ready to set in. Um Vietnam had happened years before, so you got people that have come back just like any other city to nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, they gave something for the country. Um, I don't know exactly how that affected DC, but I would like to assume that it did something because that's was what was going on prior to me being born, just a few years, '77 um, for me. So the '80s was like it was transitioning into, oh, this is going from bad to worse. Okay. So there was that, but even with that, it still felt better. You know what I mean? Like it felt better than the DC that I see now. Um, Cause this is more of the DMV era of DC. Like the era I grew up in was Chocolate City. DC was predominantly uh, people like you and me, Mm -hmm. neighborhoods like you come from, like I come from. Um, If you saw somebody uh, quote unquote white in your neighborhood, it was probably not because they lived there. They (laughs) were were either the police or looking for drugs. Mm -hmm. So. You got a mix of all those things, but DC still felt better to me. Like it's like I can like, you know. Hear summertime come on, by Will Smith. You know what yeah. I mean? Fresh Prince at that time. Shout out to Jazzy Jeff, because you can't do shit without the DJ. Um, yes, sir. But that comes on and it takes me back, nostalgic. Like I could hear. Some Dougie Fresh or some salt and pepper, and I can go back and picture where I was in DC. I can picture, you know, me wearing clothes that definitely was not, uh, it wasn't the swag, it wasn't the drip, <laughs> it was just what my parents what came it for. But you didn't really care till your peers started to make you aware of that type of stuff. You just was having fun, you was riding your bike. That was DC. You know what I mean? And then we just had to learn our way around it as it got more dangerous.
1: And so you got mom and pops together?
0: Yeah, all my whole life, even up till now. Shout out to Donald and
1: Patricia Hicks. Shout out. My mother's name is Patricia, too, bro. See, Cypher. Shout out to to, to Mr. and Mrs. Hicks. I love that. You know, as you can tell, with some of this family marriage stuff, bro. That's a... Yeah, they that's help, big. They, we you get, know,
0: they, nobody's perfect, but they... Uh, perfected the art of sticking together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: and that is an art. Yeah. Um, one of the things I heard you say in one of the joints is, how, like the 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 hood brothers kind of like recognized that you were like unique in some way and wanted to, not in some way, but just unique, mm-hmm. and wanted you to, uh, and wanted to protect you from certain things. So. Yeah. You know, like this never so dope aspect. And so, you know, regardless of what folks might be seeing necessarily from an aesthetic, when you're trying to communicate something specifically now, mm-hmm. like back then, like that was, you kind of wear that as a badge of honor, mm-hmm. which is counter to a lot of stuff that we see in here.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's our culture is a deaf culture at this point. Um, it's, 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 it's more about shit that's not important right now versus the, 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 um, the early years when hip hop was supposed to disappear after a year or two. And then after that, when it started to get bigger and then it, the rules started to be laid down, and, all right, look, if you're gonna be an MC, these are the standards that you have to uphold. If you're gonna be a DJ, a beat maker, a break dancer, a graffiti artist, if you're gonna be a teacher, these are the rules that you gotta follow. Um, so, I just so happened, that, like I said, somehow God chose me to not be one of them people. Yeah. But I love those people. Yeah. Um, I hope I didn't just mess the sound up, I bumped it. Nah, mic. you good. I love those people because they're my people. They're either my man across the street or my cousin Mm -hmm. or my uncle or somebody. You know what I mean? So I never separated myself in a sense of like, I'm better than you. But it's like, nah, I want better for us. So I'm gonna not die so that this shit can get better. If I don't die, then I can be around to try to assist in some way, even if it's just being nice to somebody. This shit getting better. So that's what I try to focus on lyrically and because I had people in my family who were the people in DC that was, you know, into that life, into that that street side of things, looking out for me and I didn't even know it. Mm -hmm. They was, you know, on mountain tops and peaks and and telling people, hey, yo, they off limits. You know what I'm saying? You got neighbors, like I said, that they ain't gonna let nothing go down right there. You know what I'm saying? Um, Angels are real. Yeah. Those is my angels. They allowed me to get to this point so I could tell those tales for people that can't write.
1: And so to the to the the establishment of the rules in the hip top and the and the in the and the, the discipline that the various disciplines that combine it, I in in your album will we'll will we'll ultimately get there, but um For this reference point, one of the things you said in the opening of the joint was you used to want to be a political cartoonist.
0: So that's DJ Iron. Shout out to DJ Iron. Oh, that wasn't you. Yeah. So DJ Iron, um, the world famous, uh, definitely a DMV um, icon. I don't want to say legend because people misuse that term. For, for our side of things. Like when you talking about rock and roll, a legend is treated like a legend. Okay. But when you talking about hip hop, it ain't, act Like, oh, you, you old or you aged out or you not, you know what I'm saying? So he's an icon. He's bigger than just the DMV, but he is one of ours. Like DJ Iron. shout out to DJ Iron. Gotcha. Um, very dope, very supportive. He somehow trusted me and said, yo, I'm, I got you. Because I was like, I want to have an intro. Like, this shit, this album was supposed to feel like hip-hop. And a lot of old hip-hop, you had an intro to your shit. So <laughs> I,
2: I was interlude. Like, I
0: wanted some DJ Clue type of shit. And he was like, I'm not going to do that. But I got you. And then he went in, and that's what happened. Okay. The interlude. So that he's
1: word. the brother that wanted to be yeah. the political. Okay. I don't know why I sounded like you.
0: Yeah, but just like... All of us hip hop us and said, "Nah, you're gonna come this way if you're if you're committed.
1: This is what you're supposed to do." A part of what I feel is like you are a music head. I feel like, dude, based on a lot of the samples and stuff. I hope you-
0: so, man. I, I, I'm, you know, I don't want to be self proclaimed, but I, I try to do <laughs> my best to, you know, to pull from what, what kind of.
1: What kind of music was in the house, man? Like in the. Um,
0: I'm mo- so in the house, like my house, I had a real, a real diverse. Um, sonic buffet going on in our house. So like my parents mostly mess with like. Old soul, um, You know, 60s, 70s stuff. Doo-wop. little bit of gospel, not so much. Um The the, the church music they was kind of listening to was like a mix. It would be like some black stuff, some white stuff, some, yeah. you know what I mean? So it was kind of different, but most of it was like, you know, our music, you know what I'm saying? Like the Temptations, the Delphonics, the Tim Preeze, the Stylistics, Smokey Robinson, Marvin, you know, Aretha, that type of stuff. Um Trying to, and then, oh, this is very important too. My grandfather, okay, my mother's father, John Green, um, he was from Alabama, but fought in the war, World War II, came back, lived in DC, him and my grandmother met, and here we are. But he was a huge jazz head. Okay. Like, nothing but jazz, but now, he was from a certain era, so I didn't get Coltrane and Miles and Charles Mingus. I didn't even, you know, I mean, that's some later stuff for me. Duke. He was listening to Duke Ellington, DC, another DC uh Mm -hmm. soldier and icon. He was listening to Count Basie. He was listening to Lena Horn. He loved Nat King Cole, always heard Nat King Cole. Um, so whenever I would be with him. We were ever in his car, it was always jazz playing. So, those were, I think, ultimately the sounds that were swirling around when I was younger. Now, I found some other music later on, right. like reggae. Um, okay. Thank God for Bob Marley.
1: That's your dude.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, 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 I, if I had to pick
1: a favorite, it would be Bob. Um,. What is it about his music that, that, that resonates with you the most? Because he speaks
0: about love and he's from the ghetto. He could have talked about guns. He could have talked about drugs. He could have talked about slapping women and you know treating them like they're not the most important thing in the world. But he didn't. He sang about love. He sang about being a soldier. He sang about freedom. He sang about, yo... Just because we different don't mean we can't work this shit out, you know what I'm saying? That's what resonated with me mostly. And his his sound was just touched by God. Like it's certain people in their genre that's just, they're the one that's chosen. Like to me, John Coltrane is that for jazz. Mm. Him and Miles is like right there. But for me, I feel like spiritually Coltrane was the one Jimi Hendrix, you know, for rock and roll. Like, Jimmy just had a certain spirit on him and his guitar and the blues effect that was really being played. People thought he was rock and roll. I think it was a blues guitarist as far as I'm concerned. But Bob, for me, was like that one person that when I heard him, like, I think maybe 17 or 18, maybe even 19 years old, and it was just like, yo, what is this dude doing?
1: It's funny you mentioned the... Um the love piece, bro, and how really that that's probably like the most powerful thing. Mm-hmm. Cause like being in the, and it's not something that I understood until much later. And that's why so much of this shit now that I'm talking about is like love. Cause it's, that's really where the power is. It wasn't in, you know, what you could pick up and go, and go let off on somebody, you know, yeah. because some shit didn't work out right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it, now all of that, and we have, at least at that time and in that moment, there is a perceived justification for responding in that way. Mm-hmm. When shit's fucked up, it's fucked up. Yeah. And if you gotta get out that door and that's the only way out, you gonna do what you gotta do to get through that motherfucker. But there just wasn't enough of the love piece just in general, mm-hmm. floating around, that I even had, that I feel rather, that I had an opportunity to grasp. With the exception of old school, like, not old school, but with the exception of R&B, which we did have mm-hmm. back then. But it was always in more of a romantic kind of thing yeah. between like a man and a woman, not yeah. between like a man and a man mm-hmm. in a, in like seeing myself in this dude to not want to take his life.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And And Bob, I think, Connects to that in that way. It wasn't a romantic love. It was a
0: like a brotherly, a love. brotherly love. Man, a love for humanity.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that that's what you. Because I didn't get hip to to to, and I'm really not that deep into him now. But I wasn't. He wasn't on my radar until much later in life. In mm-hmm. the west, in the Midwest, bro. All with the exception of Wu Tang. Well, yo MTV raps. I listen to Just Ice and mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Schooly D and all that shit, whatever was on your own TV raps and all that. So, but most of, you know, like what we was playing in the car Ice Cube, NWA, Mm -hmm. Brother Lynch Hung, you know, Dog Pound, you know, all that kind of stuff. But but again, low vibration type stuff. Um, When did you know you? When did you start rapping? When did you start even toying with the idea of doing that? As a kid, I was literally, I'm
0: sure, somewhere between the ages of probably about eight and 12. That early? That early, because remember, I was born in 77, so technically I was born when hip hop was born. Maybe give or take a year or two, I don't know the exact year that they claim Shout out to hip hop, which Mm -hmm. just recently had an anniversary. Yep. But for me, I just know that I was born when hip hop was born, basically. Okay. So it couldn't have been going on no more than two to five years before I showed up in '77. So um, the '80s. And help me focus, bro, because I've been smoking. Nah, you good. Our point was when you rap when When, when, first started. So Salt and pepper. My mic sound nice. Was the first song I learned the lyrics to. So shout out to the ladies. I
1: same here, bro. Like
0: Babs say, give it up for the ladies. It's the first first album I ever bought
1: with my own money. Was salt. Was a salt and pepper joint.
0: See, it's real shit. They was, you know, they was, they was on to something, and they were bold, and it was like and fly. Yeah, it was. They was fly. It was like so. That's like the first song I ever learned the lyrics to. Um, me and my younger brother and my older brother, we had a little hip hop group in the house called Three Masters of Death. <laughs> me and my cousin, shout out to my cousin Monique, we had a hip hop crew. We used to go in the basement of my grandparents' house and record player down that joint, and um, she would play like the Barry White instrumental and We would just sit there and like just rap. Over. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember trying to mess up my parents' turntable. Once I saw somebody scratch on TV, it was like, yo, cut that joint on. Are you trying to do all this and you trying to learn how to break dance. And I was smart enough to not do the stand on my head moves because I was like, I need my
1: neck. Yeah, yeah, and that's it, important. Uh,
0: <laughs> but yeah, it was just, it. you know, I absorbed it and it absorbed me. So it was really early. It was like literally like somewhere between about eight and 12. Like I was already rapping.
1: Some of the producers. I wasn't writing
0: nothing, but I was rapping.
1: Okay. You know what I'm saying? What about the production piece of it? Producing came
0: later in the sense of like hip hop production. But I was always dabbling with instruments, even again, since a kid. Like when I was like a, like a probably little more than a toddler, um, my mother said that I, I could play a drum set functionally. Not like, you know, but I, I, could, I, could, <laughs> I could this and, and I could create a beat at a very small age. Well, I'm Buddy Rich. Yeah, I wasn't that. It was just, but he's something, this is weird. He's that small and he got, you know, some sort of connection to this. Um, so, we were playing, like my, we had a piano in the house my father brought a guitar in the house, like, from the pawn shop. My sister was learning how to play acoustic guitar. My parents always sang around the house. So it was like, you're learning to compose even though you don't know mm-hmm. how to compose. And then finally, my older brother, when I got about probably maybe 14, somewhere in between, like, 13 to 16, my older brother bought a, a, a keyboard, a Korg O1W, with the sequencer on the drink. And then, you know, cause we was all in the music. We all are musicians at, at ultimately, my mm-hmm. you know, younger brother's a musician, soul musician, um, Indigo Rose.
1: Oh, that's your brother. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, I mean, he's, you know, been more behind the scenes, like writing in the recent years, but you know what I'm saying? That's what we do. So, um, after he, after my brother got that keyboard, he brought us in the room and showed us how to sequence make beats on the joint. We ain't had no samplers, but we could still make beats. So yeah. if you could use your ears, you could make some shit up. And I was a hip hop head. So for me, I started making the beats trying to make my songs sound like they were samples. Hmm. So the way I would hear stuff played like DJ Premier using some like jazz chop, somehow without
1: Someone because you couldn't sample
0: without someone sitting me down cuz I didn't I didn't start MPC and 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 you know the SP1200 and all that I didn't have none of that shit. I started with just a keyboard that had a sequencer on it and you could use whatever would a you know the sounds that were in the sound bank to make your shit, but I would just layer stuff and I would just try to make stuff sound like the beats that I heard. And then eventually years later I got I bought a computer because my my shout out to my man chevalier who was one of my musical mentors he was like yo man everything is going digital now like i make much on a mac you know macbook you know or mac you know uh desktop or whatever mm-hmm. so i went and bought a used macbook got reason learned how to use that and then i was on my way um sampling came in around that time where i was still learning how to do stuff so this is i can't really say this is like later 90s like 98 99 2000 right in that stretch is when i first like kind of started messing around with the samples and then by bullets i was decent enough with them to put the shit out
1: on wax what kind of stuff were you rapping about in the early on, like in your, in your decision? When to I
0: first, first started, I was just like, it was just hip hop. Like, um, like when you talking about like 18, 17, like when I'm like actually starting to write shit, um, and I was writing actually before that, cause I was in this like church rap group too. Okay. So we had little, you know, everything had to be about God or whatever, but you were still rapping. We were all still listening to hip hop. So it was like, you know, these little different advents. Um, but before it was like I was influenced by like Q tip and Tri Card Quest and Diggable Planets, like and yes, I love the, you know, the gangster shit, because like you said, hip hop was a big gumbo at that time. Yeah. TV was showing everything. Everything. Even if, you know, you gravitated to one thing, you still got a chance to hear all these different sounds and you could tell. Yo, that, nah, dude is from Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, that person is from St. Louis. Oh, this person is from Compton. Cause you hear it in the sound. So, but I was like, you know what I'm saying? I was in it like more heavily in the shit like Tribe and De La Soul and so it was like, my raps were kind of like those type of raps where it might've been you ain't even rapping about nothing. It's just, just <laughs> going with the flow and then, you know, it's like, you know. Yeah, it's just shit clever. I'm mellow like yellow, you know. Yeah. That type of stuff. So then eventually I got to a point where I met Bob Marley. <laughs> and I was like, nah, if you gonna rap, you gotta say something. Like, think about KRS-One. Think about Chuck D. Think about wise, intelligent, poor, righteous teachers, Mm -hmm. X-Clan, you know what I'm saying? Professor X and um, Brother J. Like, you know what I'm saying? All them cats, like, yo, they saying something. Like, they not just up this motherfucker rapping. And they are rapping. There is, this is about lyrical skill and all this, but they also talking about the condition of their neighborhoods and neighborhoods like their neighborhoods in every city and this shit is fucked up, but how can we get out of it? Yeah. Not, this shit is fucked up. Let's glorify it. Let's yeah. keep praising the reasons why we're dying. So, at that point, I and I've never went back since then. And that was probably what 20, 21, 22. And I'm 45 now, and I don't write about whack shit. To me, whack shit is destructive shit. And I do actually. Let me take that back. I write about destructive shit, but I write about it in the way that you learn and know that this is death. This is destruction. There is no way yeah. to sugarcoat this. This is not glamorous. No, it's not cool that niggas get shot. Fuck the 30-round clip later for all of that. Yeah. That's, so that's where I'm at at this point. It's like I started just kind of just emceeing and shit, and I'm still emceeing. Every time I write now is about, no, you don't know how to do it this way. And I'm gonna show you how to do it, whether you older than me and you a goat, or you younger than me and you're the most popping thing right now. See, you my little brother. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna show my eyes on this part. All right. I love you, but you my little bro, you baby bro. I've been writing this shit for 20 something years, and like this brother I saw, and I wish I knew his name, um, but the IG is carrying is carrying the culture, I believe. And it was a clip on it, Your brother was like, yo, why do people think that you're supposed to age out of being dope? Like, you're not supposed to get better. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not supposed to surpass yeah. the goats. Yeah. Nah, we're not here for that. Hip hop is competitive. I'm staring in the camera on this part. Hip hop is competitive. Like, you, you taught me to be competitive, you taught me to sharpen my sword, you taught me to come in chopping heads off but we still doing it with love. Yeah, We ain't out this motherfucker trying to start no rap beefs. I'm 45, that's some sucker shit. Yeah. We not helping nobody with that. I'm here to promote dope ass lyricism. I want you to have to think about it when you say Kendrick, J. Cole, Black Thought, Most Def, Common, and I'm naming people that inspire me. Right. First of all, just so y'all know, Andre 3000 is the best MC ever. Let's just put that out there. Shout out to Drake. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, that's what it's about. It's about that conversation. It's about nah, who's better. It's like, nah, I, I, I'm not here for that. I'm here to come in and let you know DC got something to
1: say. And to that point, bro, what you and your crew of folks got going, Is some of the illest shit that's out, period. Thank you, brother. And has been out consistently for a period of time. Thank you. And I feel like-
0: Praise God
1: on that. You got a battery in your back for the city yeah. and for your folks who are just as motherfucking dope. Like,
0: I, I got four batteries in my back. I'm like one of them remote controllers that take four batteries. There ain't no two batteries. The shit. D-joints? Yeah, you gonna need the real ones for this shit. Boombox. You might need a car battery for, for the way I'm, the way I put the city on my shoulders. And, and most people don't give a shit. They only give a shit if you popular. They give a shit if you're over 20K with IG followers. That's when they give a shit. Nobody cares about, oh, he won the Whammy, multiple fucking times as multiple entities. Yeah. This ain't the whole time. It was me the whole time, but I've done it with my band. I've done it twice solo and they still, so it's like, no problem. But when you, when you have to come back, when it's, when, when they gotta research the archives and go through history about who was really that dude that was like, yo, I'm not going to turn my back on where I came from. I'm not moving to LA to change, to say, oh, now, nah, I'm repping DC when I get to LA. I'm coming over to LA with love to be a part of they shit, but it's about where I'm from, nigga. You bringing your
1: shit with you. Yeah. You got a crew. Let's bring that DMV yeah.
0: swag over there and, and, and spread love with this shit, you know what I'm saying? So whether or not they give me the accolades or nothing, Tim Hicks was that dude that walked in when everybody was talking this DMV shit and was like, nah, 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 nah. hold up. Ain't so, no DMV without DC.
1: So to the point, you, I don't know if you call them iterations or what, bro. I just feel like they're various expressions of mm-hmm. what you were yeah, feeling at, at that time. Moment, yeah. um, what was the first iteration?
0: Corner on West theory. Actually, that's not true. So... And you're gonna hear this name a lot, Rashad Darvin, shout out to my bro. Shout out to my other bro, Born Infinite, my kid's godfather. Um, But my man Rashad, me and him, we linked in 97, been brothers ever since, been doing music ever since. So it was like, what we doing next? So I was rapping under the name Dimensional Control.
1: Dimensional Control?
0: Yeah. Okay. Which is the name he came up with. He made up all these different like, acronyms, if you will, for DC. But it was like, it begins with the D and starts with C, So it was like Dirt County, Dimensional Control, Daddy's Corners. Like he had audience that was like, yo, I like that Dimensional Control shit. I'm a rap under that. Cause I like names that weren't names. Even to this day, the names, if you go back and read, the only name I ever used that was my name was for bullets. And I did that shit on purpose. Cause I was still trying to make it seem like it was a band So I called it Tim Hicks and the Dirty Church, but uh, I always usually pick names that's not, I'm not the focal point.
1: So why is that?
0: Just because that shit is like, everybody got a fucking name. Everybody is, you know what I'm saying? It's all about that ego and, and, you know, I'm I'm this, and it's like, and like I don't want to ever have to be on tracks and, and and say my name a thousand times on a track.
1: So you trying to fall back on the persona yeah, and like let this, the
0: this is about. I mean, everybody got an ego. Yeah, yeah, I want you to see my face and all this shit, but it ain't about that for me. I don't care about that shit. I care about you saying, yo, that motherfucker is the truth. That shit that he be doing, that's real. That's what I'm concerned with. And
1: I like the fact that the motherfucker, like, you. I, every time I tell somebody, they say, Who? And I gotta tell them again. And it's like, Yeah, motherfucker, however many times it takes for you to get it. Mm-hmm. But once you get it, you got it. Yeah. And then you could just, Who? Let the dirt say amen. Who?
0: Exactly. So, like I said, Dimensional Control. My man was in a group called Miscellaneous Flux at the time. So I would be like the side man in that sometime. Then, finally, we did this band called The Avant Garde Violence. That was based on jazz. Mostly on stuff that... I mean, I I don't even want to say that it was post-Love Supreme. It was stuff that might be right before Love Supreme went up. Like, when Coltrane was with the, the quartet.
1: Is this out?
0: We still... All right, so The Avant Garde Violence. Somebody has copies of this shit it has yet to be put when actually let me not say that somebody may also have digital copies of it where it's in okay. wave or mp3 i cannot say who that is for certain shout out to my man sam levine my brother the drummer for cornell west Theory. he might have that stuff sam if you're listening they need that avant-garde violent stuff so people can know what that was about. I'm,
1: I'm real motherfucking it was, curious. It was
0: crazy, but this is the thing about it. It was all improv. Every time we played anything, we never wrote anything oh. down, and it was like real, like chaotic at times. Sometimes it was beautiful. We were playing instruments that we were just getting used to. Like, yeah, I played drums as a kid, but then I was like, man, I started digging on Max Roach and. <laughs> Elvin Jones and Danny Richmond and on learning about all these jazz drummers was like, yo, I'm going to just play the drums in the crew. So me and Sam played the drums. It was two drummers. We had saxophone. We had guitar sometimes. We had a sampler. Um, Occasionally there would be horns. We would have bass players sit in. So it was like some real free jazz, but like-
1: That sounds dope as fuck, bro.
0: Industrial hip hop type of shit. It was weird as fuck. So we had a very limited audience, but at the point when that dissolved, that's when I got the idea for of West area. It just popped in my head one day. It was like the of West area, and I was like, hmm, all right. Because I knew a little bit about Dr. West at the time, not a lot, but it was just, it made sense. It was like, yo, I think what he talks about in his world is what I'm trying to say in hip hop.
1: That's interesting, bro, because he's very love heavy. Yeah. He's very love heavy.
0: Shout out to Doc West,
1: and so how did um, you had to actually go get permission from Dr. West? Yes, how I, did that go?
0: I was about to not do that. I was going to say, Man, I'm gonna just do this and hope that when he hears or finds out about you, will be cool man, with it. That he's like, Nah, that's dope, rock with it. But somebody else said the same thing to me, was like, Yo, it was shout out to my man Fred Joyner and my sister in law Kim. They both said it. They were like, you need to find him and ask him if it's cool. So he was coming to DC for a book tour. And I was like, "I bet. So I went to the book tour. It was me, um, my ex-wife, my kid, Hannah, first child. She's like baby, toddler or something. My man Rashad, I think a couple cats in the band came. We went to Olson's Books down in DC on 7th Street. Stayed, waited for him to speak, then people got in line to get their book signed. I didn't even have a book, I just got in the line. My kid's mother, who is also my ex-wife, shout out to Naima, she went and basically told a, a tale to somebody in the store, was like, yo, I just lost my book. And they was like, oh, here, take another copy. So then she gives me the book I was like, yo, go ahead, and indeed. And I went up to Dr. West and I was like, yo, Dr. West, it's an honor to meet you. My name is Tim Hicks. Um, I'm really not here for this book signing. I actually have an idea. And then I said what I was trying to do real quick. I got this band, it's hip hop. You know, we talking about politics, we talking about society, we talking about culture, we talking about, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like you represent that. I want to name it the Cornell West Theory. He looked at me and was like, man, that's, that's, that's dope, bro. You got my blessing. And then he took a pad and wrote his number down. He was at Princeton, I think, at the time. And was like, this is my office number, man. Hit me when you got something. I was like, all right. Wow. Now you got to do something. You know what I'm saying? So, so you worked backwards. Yeah. It was like, I didn't. You have, didn't have a yeah, single joint written. Nothing was ready. It was just, I knew the name. I knew what we were supposed to be talking about. Um. And that
1: motherfucker is powerful, by the way.
0: Thank you, bro. Thank you. Thank Any,
1: you. Uh, what's the name of the album?
0: Uh, the Cornell West Theory. shit. We got it, man,
1: like You got it. It's, it's uh, the it, first one. If
0: you go, so Cornell West area, the first album was called Second Rome. Like R-O-M-E. Some people think we were saying Second Room, but it's Second Rome, which was one of the names way back when they were trying to think of names for this city as the capital city. That was one of the names that they were choosing from. So DC, Second Rome. Washington, D.C. could be called Second Rome right now to this day if they had to chose that name. So that's why we picked it for the first album. So like you said, D.C. is always in there, even when people ain't paying attention, it's always rooted in that we are from the city where laws are made that affect the world. So that's what we're going to talk about.
1: What was happening in your sphere at that time where... You were just being directed to just speak to that kind of shit.
0: Um, this was like, I think, around the time when Bush was in office, Junior. So the country was fucked up. Okay. War was going on. You know what I'm saying? They over there fucking around in people's countries when shit is fucked up over here. Yeah, yeah. You know, you chasing ghosts, but you want us to believe in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was problematic. It was stuff going on still within hip hop that I felt was terrible by that time. By two, because we, I got the idea for Cornell West there in two thousand four. We didn't drop an album till two thousand nine, but we were playing live.
1: The, cor- right. the the cor- the the music. Yeah, we were playing live under the, our, under, the, our, the mon- to say,
0: okay. under the under West area. and that's really how it kind of got known. So. 2009 we did the album and it finally released the joint and before that basically in that time span i saw dr west a few like once every year he would come to dc and i would go wherever he was hey doc i'm back and we got some preliminary music which was an album before second rome that we never released i gave him that stuff he was like oh and i, and I knew he was at the time working on music too he had dropped the album with a bunch of people, Gerald Levert, mm-hmm. Prince, Andre 3000, John Cougar Mellencamp, like a bunch of people was on that joint. He had worked with Terrence Blanchard. Um, so it was like, all right, well, you doing music. And man, Corner West area, he like, man, come get on these tracks. Like, yeah. And he was like, all right, bet. He was like, let me know when you set up some studio time. So another year goes by and I get a call I was working at XM Radio in the mailroom, out down northeast DC. Get before call. the merger? Yeah, before before the merger. Before it was serious XM, and get a call. It was a real long number. Thought it was a bill collector, but something said, "Yo, answer this." And it was Doc West calling me on a plane, either flying to Germany or coming from Germany, and I was like, "Oh." You know, he's like, "Yeah, it was, you know, it was good. Did you lock down the studio? I like, man, it's locked down. It wasn't locked." Yeah, <laughs> was, yeah. I, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I called my man Chevalier again. Shout out to him because he, you know, helped us put those first pieces together, man. Um, Doc West came down to D.C. I just got fired from XM, um, and then he shows up in P.G. County, Maryland, in a suburban, just jumps out. It's Cornell West, you know, and it's like, what's up? We go into my man's house studio and we record the first album, or well, we record all of Doc West's parts for the first album. We did our vocals kind of in like multiple studios, but his parts we did all in one place.
1: Is that the one that is that the joint that has Christina's Nostalgia or something on there?
0: That uh, that is on the mixtape. It's called In Her Hands, Embryo Capital, I think was the name of that joint. I okay. feel like the nostalgia is on that.
1: So, you're doing all of this work under Cornell West theory. You then decide to go under Tim Hicks. Yeah. Talk about that.
0: Because my mama named me that. So <laughs> it's like I like we was talking about the name thing. I always like names that were like you have to kinda of guess about it. Like, is this a solo artist? Is it a band? Is it a group? So it's like the corner of Western. Like, what the fuck is that? You know, dimensional control, what the hell is that? The avant-garde violence, what the hell is that? So now I was like, all right, you about to do a solo album. What you gonna call yourself? And I was about to just use the dirty church, but then something said Call this Tim Hicks and the Dirty Church because every time I meet anyone with music shit, when they see me, they're like, yeah, man, call me Tim, man. Now, if you wanna walk up to me and be like, yo, Dirt, what's up, I'll, you know, i respond to that too, but I'll be like, yo, I'm not like like uh, Dougie Fresh said, you know what I mean? The only stars I know is in the sky. If you, know? mm-hmm. you see me, it's real, it's regular shit, all right? Not none of that. Have your people call my people. I yeah, ain't yeah one of them dudes when i'm off the stage i'm in the crowd i'm out front you can come talk to me and yeah do that, yeah that shit so tim hicks man my mother named me timothy john hicks the john is from my grandfather timothy is from some old ancient black hebrew dude now no white guy no diss to my white brothers and sisters but you know what i'm saying you <laughs> yeah, know yeah. what i'm getting at my point is that she named me this Hicks is my father's last name, my family last name. It's like, yo, put that out there. You know what I'm saying? And shout out to Tim Hicks, the country singer, that people sometimes confuse it. They be looking him up. I, and, and he got you know, a blue check. He got much and more he reach. white,
1: got a hat. He got, got much it. more reach. So yeah. it's like,
0: but hopefully some of them stumbled onto me. Yeah, they did. And actually liked it when they was looking him up. So, you know what I mean? But then it was like, all right, now we're going to do this next album. So... I found out that there was another crew or two that used Dirty Church in their name in some way. Um, My personal belief is that I was the first person to use it based on the time that I started using it because I was actually using that name as production, as a production alias. So it's like, you got the corner of Westeri, but the Dirty Church does the music. So moving fast forward, I was like, I don't want to ever be in no thing where it's going to have to be like, Biggie, where it was like, you know, yeah. I can't call myself Biggie because this dude, so I, now I'm the Notorious B.I.G. So one day, the same way I heard the Cornell West theory just pop in my head, I heard, let the dirt say amen. and It was like, all right. And I was thinking of it more as like a, a slogan or like a catchphrase because the dirty church, dirt. So it was like, all right, let, you know, I'm gonna have all my people say, yo, let the dirt say amen, that's gonna be our thing. And then I thought and said, Yo, what if that was a name, dog?
1: The whole joint.
0: Let the dirt say amen. It was like, what if that was your name? And it was like. I talked to my man Rashad, same way I did with
1: the Cornell West name. Hey, yo, what you think about this? That's it. So let's, let's, let's let's pause that so that we can get back to the to the Tim Hicks. Yeah. Dirty Church. Mm-hmm. Back to Bullet. Because under that joint. You did a motherfucking DC anthem.
0: Yeah, my shout out to Prowess, the testament. She said my brother penned a love letter to DC and won an award for it.
1: So, Bullets is an album. Is a is a is a love letter mm-hmm. to DC. Yeah, name after the old basketball team. Mm-hmm. You got a ton of local references. Yep. Shit that only motherfuckers from here would know yes. about, and, and you
0: probably had to be from that era. Yeah, to about it. Yeah, unless you just somebody that it was, you know, these tales have been passed on about Rayful Edmonds and about Marion Barry, and you know what I mean. Even on back to Petey Green, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's like that's what it was about. Yo, let me tell my city I love you. I got your back. I'm putting you on my shoulders. Even if you love, whether you love me back or not, this this is for you. And this is for the world to know, this is what DC hip hop sounds like.
1: I I respect your love for your city. I've had a love-hate relationship with Kansas City. I have the same thing. I love DC and I hate DC. DC is full of shit. And I have more. I had more hate though. Well, I don't think I ever had enough love Mm -hmm. to want to devote the energy Mm -hmm. that you put into that. So to that point, where were you with your relationship to DC at that time when you did Bullets?
0: Um, I was just moving back. I'd actually moved from the DMV area and for the first time in my life lived in another state. Lived in another city. So Where I was moved, you at? I moved to New York City. Okay. And. Um,
1: you said that in the, in the joint.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I was living in Harlem, so I stayed in Harlem for a year. Um, thank God for that too. I think that was very fitting for me being a musician to be able to live in Harlem with all its history, um, music and otherwise. So mm-hmm. I stayed in Harlem for a year. Um, shout out to AISA from noon 30. She held me down while I was there. Um, and I did whatever I could while I was there, but something said, yo, it's time to go home. You know what I mean? Um, it was a couple different, you know, life events and it was just like, yo, you're not doing anything in New York that you can't be doing in DC. There's no job holding you here. There's no, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, all right, let's go home. and." recalibrate, figure this out, because I'm not stopping what I'm doing. I'm a musician, and as Melvin Van Peebles said, Uncle Melvin for me.
1: um, Did you know him?
0: I had the blessing of of knowing him and being considered an adopted part of his family. Oh, wow. To a certain degree, you know what I'm saying? Like, every time, basically I, I was blessed enough to be in Melvin's company to the point where whenever I came to New York after I met him, the first, first time, like physically, he was like, yo, whenever you in town hit me, come through. How'd that and I, connect and How I did that I, because the same way I was crazy enough to hit Dr. West up, I've always had this thing of, yo man, just throw a rock at the moon and see if you hit the motherfucker. Why not just reach out to somebody? You know what I'm saying? Find their phone number if you can and just call that shit. Find their email if you can and send something to say, hey, man, I'm inspired by what you do. I want to be like you in my own way. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Let me come sit under you if I can. Some people don't give a shit about that when it comes to elders. But I was like, yo, this the dude that did Sweet, Sweet Sweetback's badass song when I finally... Learned about who Melvin was.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: nigga, ain't no Spike Lee, ain't no John Singleton, ain't none of this ain't shit. Ain't none of no, that. No Tyler Perry, nothing without Melvin breaking the motherfucking door down first. So I reached out to him one day. I was like around the time when I was just starting sampling, I found some of his movies and I cut up some of the music that he composed. And I didn't know that he composed music. Yes, Melvin did a bunch of things, man. He's an author, a composer, a playwright, uh, worked on Wall Street, Melvin did everything. But he made the music for most of his mu- his movies. Like he would sit with somebody and like, look, this the basic sketch and get a, you know, someone who had more skill maybe at the instrument to say, all right, let me add these embellishments. But yeah, that was Melvin's, you know, all of that was Melvin, So. Um, I reached out to him, like, yo, I, I sampled some of your stuff, man. I, you know, I want to let you hear it. Well, you know, send it to me. This was at the time of, you know, cassette tapes were still around. Yeah. CDs and DVDs was, like, getting ready to, it was, give, It was we were bleeding into the MP3 period. But we still had some of that old tech. So It's like, yo, man, I got to get with my man, because he got the CD burner and that might take. And he, <laughs> and he stopped me. He said, yo, you got a tape deck? I said, yeah, and he said, then put the fucking shit on tape. That was our first conversation ever on the phone like this, like, oh, shit. And I was like, all right. And I took that as metaphor for just do the shit. Get it done. Fuck all that. Nah, man. Well, we ain't got the budget and they got the better cameras. Yo, fuck that. We dope. We gonna put this shit out.
1: Put it on tape. So.
0: Ever since that time, that was maybe like 2000, sometime between 2006 and 8, when I first made contact with him. And then maybe right about like 2010, when we first was doing the first Corner of West Area album, I finally went and met him physically. And then from that point, literally, to when he passed away... It was a couple of years last ago? Year, last, year, last year, I believe, that is when Melvin went to job. Ja. But out from... 2008, up until that point, anytime I was in New York City, I was at Melvin's crib at some point, just sitting there with him, learning whatever I could learn, because he was that dude, you know what I'm saying? So,
1: but yeah, that's why we're here. So, the Bullets, trying to get back to the bullets. Bullets, you were just coming back from New York. Bullets, Dirty Church, just coming back from New York,
0: and... All right, what you doing next musically? Cause like we had just dropped the Cornell West Theory album, maybe a year or two before that, and you know it's hard gaining ground with the Cornell West Theory. Um, as dope and as amazing as that shit is, people are still confused by it. They don't know where to place it. Some people, again, they they busy fucking with what's popular, even if they don't really like it, just cause everybody else is. So you know. Is not a, a bunch of opportunity, even though we definitely represented that next wave. Like, so much so that, like I said, when you go back through our catalog, you should be able to look and be like, damn, like they had all these people riding with them. Because our third album, that shit is a time capsule, man. We had Mumia Abu Jamal on our album, Free Mumia, like right now. We had Diamond D, we had Le Nubians, we had Melvin. Like, we had these people recording but nobody's paying attention. So, all right. What was the name of that joint? That album is called Coming From The Bottom. Okay. It's on the Bandcamp page. That shit is amazing. And it's a time capsule of like, damn, like, and the way we use people, because everybody thinks it's collaboration, like everybody got a verse. Now nah, we did some different shit on that joint, but moving right along, we had dropped some corner West Theory stuff. That album was out at that time. It was called Water Guns with a Z. So with
1: the water gun on the cover.
0: Yeah, somehow it was like, yo, man, why don't you
1: do a solo album?
0: I love being in a, a group, you know what I'm saying? But it was like, yeah, but you 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 carry a lot of the weight as the front man anyway. So do a solo album. And it was like, all right. So I made some beats. I was fucking with all this soul shit that I grew up on, and was like, Yo, what if, you know, oh, and I discovered Dilla, not Dilla, and in, in, this was my first time hearing Dilla, but I was listening to Donuts right before I, I think I made a lot of this stuff. And it was just like the way he used samples in that album. It didn't sound like regular hip hop beats to me, they sounded more like records. And I was like, well, what if somebody rap over this? Yeah. Ghostface has a song called, Ghostface Killer has a song called,
1: Holla.
0: He's rapping over the Delphonics. The vocals ain't even took out. It's not even chopped. I love that shit. It's just the song. I love it. And I was like, yo, that's, but that's what we used to do. We ain't had no beats. We just put on a record and we would be freestyling. to. So I was like, what if somebody did a whole album of this? And that's what gave me the idea for Bullets. So I just made all these soul loops and chops and was just like, I'm going to rap over this shit. You know what I'm saying? But I'm a rap the way I learned how to rap from, you know, Gangstar and Pete and CL and, and, and Black Moon and Most F and Talib and Onyx and
1: Run DMC,
0: everything that I've absorbed. I'm a rap like that over this shit. And that was Bullets.
1: When did you get realize that you, uh, anybody who was listening to this joint, has to go get that album from Bandcamp. Especially if you're from D.C. But if you're not, it doesn't even fucking matter because the shit is ill, period. So I just want to put that in there. Thank you, brother. Um, when did you get notified that you were nominated for a Whammy? Um, they, I feel like they do it every year.
0: Like, you, you, I think you find out, right, like, basically, it starts in December. So I feel like every December is when they start, ayo, start submitting your stuff or whoever, have people submit your stuff to the whammies. Now, we had won before with Cornell Westery. We won Best Hip Hop Group. Two. Let me see, let me make sure I got this right. Twice. We won it in 2008 with no material out. We had no album out whatsoever.
1: You were just you won based off of what you was that doing shit live. Was
0: live, we got we won that shit based off of our name ringing out. So we won it then. Then we won again in 2015 when Coming from the Bottom came out. We won for Best Hip Hop Group. They snubbed us even though we were nominated for Best Hip Hop Album that year, and they gave it to Wale, which is interesting to me because and the only reason I say that is because he's not here. You know what I'm saying? It's like, this is for local artists, and it's not about you being from here. It's like, Young, are you active? Are you here? Are you active on this scene? No, and I don't expect you to be, but if if you you know if it's like, a, I'm here, then all right, Young, who submitted that album? Yeah. Did he submit the joint? You know what I'm saying? Did somebody from, no diss to my man. I want my man to continue to win, but I'm just saying, look, if this is, like I said, you at the Grammys, dog. <laughs> this is our brand. Yeah. So let's, you know what I'm saying? Don't be nominating motherfucking, you know, people that are, like I said, they have moved outside of this. Like this, somebody this. nominate Drake but, but, for but Toronto. The thing, In my opinion, the only reason he won was because he's Wale. Because right now, if you go back to both of them albums, this is my personal opinion. Again, no diss, love to my man. Coming from the bottom is a way better album. It mm. goes way deeper than that. And we didn't need Jerry Seinfeld to co-sign the draft. Yeah, yeah. We had actual people from the culture co-signing this shit, the whole album. But because we don't have a budget, we don't have the machine. You know.
1: So you won two before Bullets. But
0: we still won. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Mariano, you you, 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 but didn't, you won, but you didn't win. Yeah, we didn't win the, the, the two that we were up for, but we won one of the two that year. They gave him best hip-hop album. Okay, But it was down to him, us, and maybe a couple other people. And like I said, first of all, if you nominated us for best group, then that means you know that the album was the best one. Yeah. Because that's why we were even in the runnings was for that album. But let's move along. Point is, we won Whammy's before. Now we come to this point. Every year around December, I think, is like when submission starts. So probably right around January-ish they probably let you know, like, well, actually right away you're in the runnings within like two weeks, they let you know, Hey, your stuff has been accepted. You're in this category or these categories. And then it, it, you know, every month or so they give you updates. All right. Now these people are, we whittled it down to who's going to be the finalists and vote, vote, whatever the votes are done. You can't vote anymore. You'll find out, you know, a couple weeks later and they say, Hey, you're a finalist. So, it's like right at the end of the year, and then it bleeds into the next year because they do it like the NBA seasons where I'm, I'm, my album was 2019, but I won the award for 2020.
1: How do you, what's your relationship to your shit after you've completed and put it out? Um, sometimes I can listen to it for a little
0: bit, but it usually grows old on me, and I need to come back to it. Because I'm already ready for the next thing. What, what, I'm listening because, like I said, I've I've lived with it after and mixing everybody it. Had, and everybody it, else has it. They, they, you know, they. It's just coming into their house. It's been a, a roommate of mine since I got the idea. You know what I'm saying? So, How'd
1: you feel about bullets after you? After
0: you, uh... I felt great. I felt like, yo, you here, you. This is your solo statement. You did, you did it. You know what I'm saying? Um, Nah, I thought I was rapping at a very high, high level at
1: that point. Did you surprise yourself at all that you can remember? I know some time has passed, but... In in what way? Like, surprise
0: myself in what way?
1: In terms of... One of the many things that I like about what I've listened to thus far is that they're projects. They're not like... You the, can tell... Yeah, it wasn't just songs put together. Yeah, so... Having an idea and a vision for something and then realizing, bringing that to 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 reality. I think sometimes, at least for me, when I'm doing shit, I'll be like, damn, that's way better than I thought it was going to
0: be. Yes, that did happen. It definitely was like, like I said, even though I have... Um Reservations about, you know, mixing quality, but that was again my thing because I was, I mixed the album, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to Priest and Nomad who gave it the master, but like I said, he was, he's working with just a wave versus stem, so, but that didn't matter. Everybody else had a better mix than me, but only one album won.
1: You mentioned something before we came on, which was, that motherfucker was grimy in the production. Yeah,
0: yeah, because that's what I come from, like I said. That's
1: what you had. You worked, you did, you had limited motherfucking resources. Talk yeah. about that a bit.
0: It's You know what I mean? I work with a MacBook, man. I, I bought my MacBook in 2013, I think, 2014. And ever since then, that's been my best friend. Me, the MacBook, and Logic. Logic Pro is what I work on. You know what I'm saying? I use, I use Audacity to chop my samples. Man, sometimes I'm just on YouTube just pulling songs off that shit. Because that's where people upload a lot of rare shit, a lot of, you know what I'm saying? I, I dig in the crates that way.
1: And you're a movie head too.
0: Yeah, so I feel like, like it, at least. Yeah, a lot of that like, stuff, like that's the thing. Like, well, my music, just like anybody, you know, it should be more than just a musical influence in your shit. You should be drawn from the movie you just watched or the television show you just watched or the walk you just took, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but sonically, just like I say, I come from, my, my, I gravitated towards the East Coast, mostly. I learned to appreciate all coasts because then I found out about dudes like DJ Battlecat. You know mm. what I mean? You find out about a DJ Quick and a Dr. Dre later, and you're like, oh shit, nah, they shit is dope too.
1: I didn't know Quick was that dude, bro, yeah, he, until quick later. Man, you know what I'm saying? I knew he could rap, but I didn't know nah, his so production was man, like quick
0: that. on them beats, is, yeah. So, but most of my, you know, my my real heroes is like, you know, DJ Premier, Pete Rock, Diamond D, J Dilla. Um, you know the Tribe Crew, the Uma, um, DJ Mugs, mm. you know, the Beat Miners, like so. It's that that grimy shit. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to figure out how do you do that for now. Yeah. Not be nostalgic, but how do you make it sound like it's now and people can still feel that shit in it from that old era, just brought forward. You know
1: what I'm saying? And and so. Bullets a success. You complete this project. You're happy with it. It's gaining some notoriety. And you make the decision to make another shift. Mm-hmm. What was going on with that? What happened with that?
0: Um, everything I think should be different each time. So each project, you know, it's like, all right, well, if you was here that one, this next joint needs to be here and, every, and it needs to keep going up. I don't ever wanna have projects that meet, that are equal. They should always be, this one was better, you know what I'm saying? And, but like I said, I got to that point where I discovered that, all right, yo, somebody else is using this name, the Dirty Church. So. Man, I you know, I'm not fucking with none of that. I want my own shit, and then the name Let the Dirt Say man, came to me. So it was like, all right, bet. So me and my man Rashad, a.k.a. Hoodie the Nigerian, a.k.a. Messiah and Glitch. Um, <laughs> like I said, that's my co-conspirator usually with a lot of things musically. So it was like, all right, what we doing next?
1: He's the other MC in, in Cornell West, West Theory, yeah, too. Yeah. The other he ones. got some bars, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Shout out to you, brother.
0: Yeah, coming from that Amphibians crew, coming out of that Freestyle Union shit. That's old DC. That's the hip-hop. That's the pillars, the, plat- the platform for niggas to even be out here screaming this DMV shit. It's people like that. Okay. So, Rashad's coming out of that. We link. Bam, here we go. Let's do another project. All right, well, fuck it. We just going to make a B-side joint. This shit ain't... And then he was like young let's cut up theme songs from television shows stuff from movies and make a whole album about that it was during the pandemic pandemic had hit so it was like no nobody can go anywhere so we're gonna call this shit sitcom like sitcom
1: okay that's what that
0: is yeah so, like, if you look at the cover of it, it looks like Netflix basically on the front. And it's like, yo, you can't go nowhere. Sit calm and listen to this shit. So that project was actually released as Let the Dirt Say Amen and the Dirty Church together. Oh, I didn't but see that. But then at the bottom you see our you see Hoodie the Nigerian and you see Sugar Sphinx, which is the aliases that we took for those for that album. Okay. So, it was like just, you know, us being wild. Like, Hoodie the Nigerian is just a crazy-ass sounding name. And then Sugar Spinks is Sugar Ray Lennon and Michael Spinks as one person. <laughs> so I love it, dog. It was just like, let's just do this joint, you know what I mean? And Does he produce also? Nah, he's, he's strictly a writer and the an MC. Okay. Um, but actually, you know what? Let me not say that. Rashad does produce to a certain degree. Because he has co-composed some of the songs. Um, me and him, I would liken us to like Duke Ellington and Billy Strayhorn in a way, where we work together to get certain stuff. But it's just mostly me because a lot of times Rashad may say, like how you were saying earlier, I see things in pictures. He describes shit in colors. yo, make this shit sound great. Make this sound brown. Ayo, this should sound like if Jimmy and Sly was playing on Welcome to the Terror Dome. All right, I'm gonna just make some shit this time. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. we, we, we were com- co-composed in that way. And there's even been times where he actually might have pressed a key or two and we got what we, what we needed. Okay. So, um, but mostly Rashad is a writer and an MC. Okay. Um, so yeah, we did Sitcom. And then it was like, all right, now I need to drop another solo. Cause you won best rap album in the whole DMV. With bullets. Gotta follow that shit up. So now I started getting ideas, and I was gonna call God Hayes Gucci uh, Tommaso. Tommaso? Yes, which is the name of a wrestler, Tommaso Ciampa, who a f- couple people that I know were like, yo, you, y'all look alike. Beard and a bald head type shit, lighter, complected. So I was like, all right, well, my name is Tim. His name is Tommaso. So I was like, I'm gonna call it Tommaso, but make it Tim at T-I-M. the end of it, of how you spell the name. Then as time goes, I'm making all these different beats. I'm putting them together to see what beats fit. Cause I do that first a lot of times is I'll make beats before they're even written or anything. I put them motherfuckers together in a playlist to see how they sound instrumentally playing from start to finish, Ah. and if it flows, then I'm like, all right, that's the album. That's the order of the album. Now, sometimes it may change as you get the songs. You might say, well, no, this one might sound better coming in here and this one, but usually I'll take the beats and, and, you know what I'm saying? Now this is the album. So I got beats, somehow the concept changed again because again, God spoke and I heard a word. I heard a phrase. God hates Gucci. Now, this is a key point. People don't like to give credit to people. Shout out to West Side Gun. Mm. Shout out to Benny the Butcher. Shout out to Conway. Shout out to Griselda. Griselda. yeah. Because what I discovered when I discovered Griselda, probably around 2019 maybe, like right after I did Bullets, I discovered them. I had heard about them, but I had never listened to them. So I hear him, I'm like, nigga, this is hip hop all over again. Like, thank you. So I started to, you know, I, I, we, I come from the era where it was about research and not just listening to the music. Yeah. Like, man, what was the sample? Who did this beat? Got to. What's this dude's real name when you look at, you know what I'm saying? So I started to dig in on a movement and I found out that Westside was doing these projects called Hitler Wears Hermes, right? Which I thought was Hermes because I don't know shit about fashion, but anyway, <laughs> Hitler Louis Hermes. So he was doing these series of mixtapes, which to me are albums. But um, and
1: them joints was whole I mean, I don't even, yeah, I don't, even, I don't know why they can't be called.
0: Yeah, it's like that, I think that mixtape term, just like the word freestyle, has been misused in the latter years. But you know, we get that's a whole another conversation. But point is, he was doing a series of mixtapes, and I like the name is crazy because it's like. And you put Hitler in the name, like, that's some wild shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's hip hop, it's art, it's grimy, it's supposed to, like, you can't tell this man to not do that, but tell Stanley Kubrick and fucking Scorsese and all them other dudes that they can do what they're doing. Yeah, that Lolita and all that old shit. So, I'm like, what I liked about it was he said, if I'm not mistaken, when I was doing my research, Obviously, he's a big fashion head. He's, you know, watching The Devil Wears Prada. And when he was thinking about something, he was like, yo, I want something that rings like that. The Devil Wears Prada. Hitler Wears Hermes. Was like, yo, that's some dope shit. So then I thought, and this was after what, yeah, not after, it's right before the name came to me. Um, obviously, it has to represent me, what I stand for. 100%. It can't be no... Me, me copying. Yeah. But I am inspired and influenced by what West, West Side did. So, what? What? Well, this is what stuck out to me. It wasn't about fashion or anything. It was about he chose three words. Hitler wears Hermes. It's like that has a ring to it. Every title I come out with for an album, I want that shit that like sound like yo. This when you remember the name of this motherfucker, you like, yo, Second Rome, Like, nigga, that's, it don't sound like no regular shit. Like, you know, back to the dope shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, I want it to sound like something. Like, so, one day I'm sitting and I wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't thinking about Griselda. I wasn't thinking about shit. I was just, and I heard, God hates Gucci. And I was like, Nigga, that says it all. Mm-hmm. It talks about everything you're trying to say right now. Fuck fashion, fuck stardom, fuck fame, fuck all this materialistic shit. Yeah, you got money. Your fucking teeth are iced out. I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's kids that don't have shit that they need. That shit is not helping. Yeah. While yes, it's all hip-hop, mo- 90% of hip-hop does not talk about fucking God and all this shit, unless they talk about some idolatry shit. Niggas be praising the motherfucking Pyrex pop more than they praise yeah, God, do. that shit is wild to me. Yeah. But do what you do, you know what I'm saying? Because like I said, I'm a hip-hop head, so yeah. I listen to all that shit, but I also want to hear something else. I want to hear what, well, where's Chuck D for this era? Chuck D is who he is. He can never be recreated. But what, what, who, where are the spawn of this shit now? And it ain't got to be all preachy, but it got, you got to be fucking fire. Shit got to be fire. You got to be saying something. So then, like I said, I thought of that. God thought of that phrase. And like I said, thank you to the God Westside Gun for being so slick with what he did. But like I said, we're all influenced by something. So he was influenced by the devil wears product. Then his thing came. I heard was he was like, that's dope, three three letters. Then God Hates Gucci came. And then I started to kind of understand what that meant to say something like that. Because everybody's like, yo, you dissing Gucci, the clothing brand? Are you dissing Gucci Mane? I'm like, no, nigga, this shit means God don't like ugly. God don't like whack shit. God don't like that shit you doing. God don't like that shit I be doing yeah. when I'm wrong. Yeah. It ain't just dissing yeah. everybody else or being self-righteous. Nah, nigga, I'm just as fucked up as you. But I believe, though, in the lion. Yeah. I know he's real. So that's where I'm at with it. So God hates Gucci. That's.
1: I'm a huge Griselda fan.
0: And make sure y'all give God his props, yo. I love all y'all, but everybody, everybody want to be God out this motherfucker,
1: and it's only one
0: job. All right so that's why i put that shit in the bars i said we only praise allah not you mm-hmm. he made the heavens and the stars so ja rule
1: mm. i like that man so i'm a huge griselda fan as am as is buck the dude who did the painting and i think that's what connected with with the with the album he's playing on repeat one
0: Go ahead. I don't want to cut you. I just want to throw this in there. What I, uh, what I also loved about them was I heard myself in them. When I heard their sound, I was like, damn, this shit sounds like bullets. And I had never heard them before. And that's so fucking no, crazy it that no you co- even. There was no copycat. It was no, oh, they playing these soul beats. No, nigga. I'm, like I said, I'm older than them brothers by a couple years. So, like I said, yeah, and while you was five, man, I was ten. So I've already heard all this stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I brought it back just in in that way. But it was just like when I heard, yo, this is, we not doing the same exact thing, but we, you know what I'm saying? We pulling from that those sources. like,
1: And the vibe I get is the same when you add the additional elements on top of it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that sticks that stick out to me with, uh, with Griselda is that it kinda like just transcends music. Mm-hmm. It's art. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I feel that way about your shit, bro. Thank you, brother. It's more than just music. And one of the things that my boy, my boy Buck and I always say, if everybody ain't getting Griselda, bro. No, they, they missing a very key piece yeah. and it's like when when some when, when someone sits and looks at what you're doing if they're just looking at one piece they're missing the big picture mm-hmm. and I feel like in and this is kind of what I wanted to tie it all into which is the piece that's not fact that for me that did it was the aesthetic was the visuals, Mm -hmm. in addition to the sound, Mm -hmm. it adds another layer that just takes it out of the realm of music. You're saying some very specific shit, bro. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you're extremely intentional with your words, with your visuals when you're posting stuff or you're doing a video, and again, Whatever resources you have, you're using them to the best of your. Now this is an outside dude, right? Mm-hmm. You're using them to the best of your ability to mm-hmm. communicate this shit, and you're doing it in a way that is fire as fuck. Seen. So, motherfuckers can have a gang of money, and lack motherfucking creativity, lack yeah, be
0: good style, lack like
1: swag. Until. Even with your hoodie, bro. Mm-hmm. And putting that motherfucker on and tying it down and shit and yeah. going to the, uh, to the whammies with the, I'm looking and I'm like, I'm just observing and trying to process. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, this is that dude. Like he's that motherfucker. Another piece bro that I fuck with on a super high level, if not the highest level from what I see is your relationship to your lady. Thank you. I like- all right, all right, to B.B. LaMonica, who's mad at me today. <laughs> but that's all
0: right. We're, about to going, we're going to get to Cali. I think
1: mine was like way uh, perturbed this morning. Yeah,
0: this is one of them fighting days, but that's life. We still love through it, and that that has been my my everything for since we
1: met. You know what I'm saying? LaMonica is her name?
0: B.B. LaMonica. B.B. LaMonica. Yeah, Brittany. Britney. Real name. I, I just. But I'm going to go by B. On real she ain't going to yell at me. But nah, BB Lamar. BB Okay. Yes.
1: How long y'all been together, bro? Five years. I feel like how you, I don't want to say use her, how so it feels she's. like 95 years. Feel like five is 95?
0: It feels like 95 years, but
1: yeah. What's today? Thursday? Mm hmm. Tuesday, I had lunch with Rissy Cat. Shout out to Cat. Love you, girl. And uh, I was telling her about you coming on. Okay. And I, uh, we were having a conversation, and I, was, and I was telling her about why I asked you to be on. And um, she said, I was telling her about why I asked you to be on, and I was like, it's something about. Like I love, I love how I feel like he loves his woman. Mm-hmm. Like there's something in that and in the aesthetic of her mm-hmm. that that feels extremely intentional, bro. Yeah. And loving. And as a man who's in tune to that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And I was telling her about it, and she was like, oh yeah. Um Tim is a really good dude, he's a really good guy. He, I, and I asked her if she could tell, if I, if I could say this online.
0: That's, that, and, and she I, was like. And I'm glad I have that. You know, what she mean?
1: Loved, he, loved, he, loved, he loves his woman, he loves his woman. And when we started going into a, a deeper conversation just about men and women in general that probably shouldn't be had online, but nah, the, man, the see, point is.
0: Speak what you feel, bro.
1: She, um, what does that relationship, man, as a dude, being a light-skinned brother, mm-hmm. having a chocolate sister, mm-hmm. that you've chosen to love and to commit to in that way, and then, you know, include her in your in your art and expression of that. What I feel like you're doing that intentionally to show that love, to mm-hmm. show that commitment to that woman, and that's also a part of what you're pitching, for lack of a better word? Yeah. Am Um, I off with that, bro?
0: Nah, man. Um, Let me start with this bar. Um, Shout out to my man Rock Abraham. We just released a joint called Three Stars, Two Stripes. That's representative of the DC flat, back to DC again. But now, in that song, at the end of my verse, I said, like every woman in a rap song, ain't this a bitch. Because every time you hear fucking rap, niggas is talking shit about the ladies or the ladies is talking shit about being, you know, these (laughs) super wealthy, uh, IG model-esque, BBL having uh nigga, if you work at a towing company, you're beneath me type of all, I'm, I'm going all over the place. But what I'm saying is like, women get the shit into the stick. They definitely get it in hip hop, which is sad. It's sad as shit. Cause our music runs the fucking world. Everyone is looking at the black woman for something. so. I'm looking at it like, all right, well, how can I twist this to our advantage, not just mine? Because she has her own lane of things that she's doing. She's a costume designer. She's a fashion head. She is a bunch of things, but those are her primary things. And we both trying to win. Mm -hmm. Because then that means that we both win. So... You beautiful as shit, man. Just come stand by me and this motherfucker. And that might make people be like, hmm, 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 hmm. And you should be, because you're getting fed, oh, motherfucker gotta be this thin, you know? And now it's hip to be thick, you know? It's, it's all over Instagram, you know, and, and it's an in thing and people, oh, the Kardashian sisters. And it's like, yeah, oh boy, this shit was beautiful all along. I, like most people, learned that it wasn't. I was taught those same fucked up things, but I didn't really attach or latch on to them growing up. I got that same shit in the the hood. Yeah, red Mm -hmm. bone and white man and all this shit. I got all that shit growing up, but I didn't care about that. It didn't affect me. It was like, whatever, man, Like I don't really. Now, it's not much I can do about this, bro. So, you know, get, <laughs> that is what it is. Over, you get over it. Yeah. But just moving forward is like I learned what was beautiful. Oh, they told me this shit was whack. Nah, that's dope. Those thick lips are great. Those big thighs and you know what I'm saying? Stretch marks and your big ass and your breath, all that is great because that's how God made you. And now, the whole world, even before now, you can go back to Sarah Bartman, motherfuckers have been trying to get that shit. So, and it's usually in an exploitive way. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to do this shit in a way where, like, again, not being preachy, we ain't out with this motherfucker talking about, oh, the black queen of representing, nah. Let her shine. That's what this shit is about.
1: And I can see it. Because
0: I can shine if she's shining, all right? There needs to be more representation of that woman right there, that archetype. Because it's a bunch of little girls who are gonna grow up and either A, be bold enough to become her, or be forced to follow this dumb shit, the shit that I don't want them to feed my daughters. Now, you can keep that shit on your menu, but over here, we trying to promote Trust in yourself, believe in yourself, be confident, you're beautiful. I don't care if your hair ain't done. Fuck that lace front, fuck all that shit, fuck them lashes, fuck the filter. The duck lips on IG, I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. I just think you're gorgeous. That's how i when especially when you you, and she is herself. She's dynamic, her fashion sense is like, everything she do just, it, it pops, so it's like, Hey, man, I need your strength. Let's do it like this. Like Ice-T, when you go back, he had his wife on the
1: cover. On the thing. cover. He'd go
0: on the joint, you know. On the cover. With the booty out and everything, but he knew what he was doing. I think they knew what they were doing. And I was like, yo, that's actually some slick shit. Like, he can bring that back around, but it ain't got to be whack. It ain't got to be, she ain't got to have her ass out. I mean, unless she wants to. Yeah. It's tasteful. Cause there's still a way of even doing that. Like it ain't, mm-hmm. you know, we made to feel like our bodies is some either some just be raunchy with it or-
1: Cover it all up, hide yeah. Hide
0: that we're sexual creatures. Hide that, you know, like, nah, man, fuck all that. We here to break all that shit down. So that's why I need you in this video, you know? Sometimes I'd have to have her say, nah, yon, yeah, fuck you. you not popular enough. I'm not being in that shit, <laughs> you know? Um, She's never said that, but sometimes she's had had to decline for whatever reason. But every time I can, I get her in a video. If you go to the tracks and go in, you know, she's on songs, on Bullets. She does the chorus of Jim Vance. She Mm -hmm. does the chorus of Rod Strickland. She's on God Hates Gucci in the sense that I finally named a song after her, La Monica. And
1: that mug?
0: That's one of my favorite joints, man. Bro.
1: That's my favorite album on the joint. I didn't know it was after her though. Yeah. I didn't know it was named after her. Yeah. Because the beginning talks about Shamika. Uh, that's the one that has Shamika holds. So for. that's
0: bullets. So the bullets joint was like a love song. It was like you know just me kind of like riffing about shit I've been through. You know what I mean? Like things that happen to people when they in relationships and and the the I, it was like my it was like my version of Miss Jackson. That's okay. a good way to put it. And shout out to Shamika, Holesclaw, Mystics. Yeah, they was calling her Jordan. See, don't forget that. All right, salute your peoples. Give them their flowers while they're here. Then we get to
1: Gucci, and I did La Monica. Okay, so my like, bad. So what was the name of that joint on Bullets? Monique? Uh, uh, Meek. 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 So
0: like Shamika and
1: they. Meek. Okay. Meek, you know that's I'm the saying? one. It's okay.
0: Name. So it was like, yo this is gonna be the only song on the album that's named after a woman, but it still keeps suit because she's watching the DC basketball. So I had the Bullets players, and like, yo, me, she was, the, she was the one when, you know what I'm saying, when she got to the Mystics, so I was like, yo, represent. Then I get to this joint and she's like, yeah, you ain't, you ain't made no song about me. And I was like, all right, I got you. And even though I'm not necessarily talking about her in the song, it's named after you. This is your song. Yeah. So whenever people come to this shit and they fuck with it, that's your song. I got her in the video out in LA.
1: So what I rock with, man, on that is your shit is ill. And you got your woman in there too, bro. And for me as a dude, and just represent and wanting to see more family. Mm-hmm. not not a boyfriend and a boy not a boyfriend and a girlfriend but like a family mm-hmm. not to say you got to necessarily get married but the way i feel men lead by kind of like taking the reins and including their women mm-hmm to participate in a very specific way, especially from a visual standpoint. It ain't, I don't feel like it's enough to just have a motherfucker off back in the corner. And I'm saying that with somebody whose woman ain't never been on here yet. I'm Mm. still trying to process. She got her own thing, but Mm. I'm trying to figure out how to integrate her in a way, like whether interview or something like that, but I'm going off on a slight tangent. Nah, you good. But the... uh, there's something about that that just i feel when a dope motherfucker does it mm-hmm. it like gives permission cuz the shit goes shit dope shit and shit shit goes downstream
2: mm-hmm.
1: and when it's the when the ill ill niggas is setting the standards then other people can be like, damn, maybe I can get, maybe I can get my girl in my shit too. Maybe mm. I don't have to go out here and be talking about, you know, how many hoes I got and blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Let me get this motherfucker who I love, who, you know, I'm I'm committed to in this way. Let me get, let me figure out a creative way yeah, of getting I mean, her involved. I mean,
0: look at like and re- you know, again, rhyme in peace, rest in peace, fly high to the spirit of Brother Nipsey Hussle. But, like, the way him and Lauren London did that shit, that shit is beautiful. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even, even B and J, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's good to see that shit. Yeah. But like you said, you know, they don't like to put shine when the shades go darker. So that's why I was like, nah. You know, and like I said. it's a good point. She, you know, as much as I'm pulling her in, nah, she's pulling me in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's speak about some real shit right now. I'm a musician, unless you up there with blue checks and all that shit, nine times out of 10, your ass is broke or you ain't got a lot of money. Maybe you're one of the musicians that is at a level up from that and you have it coming in like that. My lady is the one that holds shit down. She's the one that makes the most. So yeah, we gonna represent for that shit too. We not gonna pretend and be out this motherfucker pretending like men. Nah, nigga. It ain't always us. Sometimes it's her doing all of that shit. A lot of times it's the woman doing all of that shit. You know what I mean? Shout out to my my children's moms, because they're carrying the bulk of the weight. So it's like, you know, I just said that to be real with some shit of like, nah, yo. It's 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 you know, it's equal. It's never no one person is is one person may take the lead, you know what I'm saying, in certain situations, but it's always a trade-off and that's how it works. I'm not perfect. I don't try to, you know, pretend uh, under the guise of uh, everything that tradition says you're supposed to be. Yeah. Whatever they deem as faithful, whatever they deem as committed, whatever they deem as marriage. Like, nigga, wanna know preacher there when the first man and the first woman said, I'm gonna be together. So I hope I, you know, didn't go all around the world, but just to say like, yeah, like man, put them in the forefront because it's them in the forefront anyway, even if you want to pretend. Nigga, you at the strip club because of a woman. Let me ask you. You're looking at Pornhub because of a woman or a man, if that's, you know, your preference, but I'm speaking from my, my particular stance and just saying that women run shit, even, even, in, in the, 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 the world that's full of exploitation you can try to downplay it as much as you want to.
1: So let me ask you a question man that the sisters posed to me on the last call on the last um, joint we did and I don't know if I necessarily did the best job. They asked me what is it about men who feel inadequate when they don't when the man doesn't measure up to the woman financially and all these other ways. we get taught that
0: shit. We get taught that shit every day in some way, shape, or form, you must have this or you ain't shit. You get dudes talking shit to other dudes. Instead of helping them, and I'm gonna teach you how to fish, you out here talking shit about somebody because they don't have the things that either you say make you something. Or someone else said to your dumbass a long time ago, and you never realized that you were programmed into thinking that shit, that you gotta have this. Your car has to be this car. It gotta be this year. Oh, you ain't got the iPhone this? You ain't, uh, and how much was your 401k? And w- let me look at your resume. Well, sir, you have gaps in your... Nah, see, everything ain't for everybody. So, while women damn sure don't make what the fuck they worth. Sometimes on the opposite and the dude don't make what the fuck he's worth either. So, so let I me know, ask. I know goddamn well I'm writing trillion dollar rhymes.
1: So let me ask you a let me, you know, let me.
0: But it, it, it's what we're taught. We learn to think inadequacy based on some society shit because nobody came and said to you, like my man born shot shout out I music. You are enough. That so is that your not, approach? That does not define you. These are things that I'm learning as a man. I'm, I'm having to shake off all of that shit of, oh, well, you ain't got this type of job. Nigga, I'm a musician, bitch. I make my living singing a song. That's just how it is. And like my Uncle Melvin, Sam people said, I will make it or die
1: on the route. So, if a guy's looking at this, bro, and listens to your music, ain't nothing about none of that shit weak. Ain't nothing, none about, none of it is, and there's a brother that can come on here and share a perspective that is counter, that a lot of men just aren't willing to be honest about. Mm -hmm. How did you get to how did you get there
0: trying to be a better me Ayo, tim you full of shit so how do you get rid of some of this shit whatever you can handle because the rest of that shit is up to jaw as far as i'm concerned for those that believe in a higher power yeah you shape yourself but it's some shit that you just cannot fucking change about you that that spirit has to change about you so for the stuff that I can work on, I do my best to. It's some shit that I fuck up on all the time, communication-wise. Like again, today, me and my, I, I'm, I'm, this is real shit. So we were beefing today. We're in the midst of a move, a cross-country move. That stuff happens, you know what I'm saying? But just like I said, just me, I had to just start to become more comfortable with who I am, and realize you ain't supposed to be at that job that they talking about. Nah, you, dude, do you know who you would be if you were at a fucking cubicle? Mm-hmm. If you were at this, and this doesn't mean to say that I have not worked plenty of fucking jobs. Shout out to all my Trader Joe's
1: people. Oh, that was you?
0: Shout out to Giant Food. shout out to oarsman Chevrolet, like, shout out to Nonprofits, I've done a bunch of things. I know what it means to have a 401K. I know what it means to have the motherfucking this in your name and all that. And I just realized that that shit is not important to me. What is important is winning and what I think winning is. What I think freedom is. Other niggas think freedom is the security of that job pays you every two weeks or every week and you make enough to rent that fucking $3,000 plus shit a month in DC or some high 2000s, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's cool, that's good for you. That's your level of success. My level of success is not about that shit. This shit is about how can I use what I love, make currency from this, make a legacy from this, build generational wealth from this shit. And I might just be the spark for it. Who knows? But if.
1: For, the, for what comes but, behind but you? But
0: if I'm a betting
1: man before
0: I leave this earth, yeah, I'm gonna do that shit. And, and so, too- again, you can either be supportive of people like that, who are, like I said, who come to a place of like, look, man, I'm not, nah, you, you go ahead and be the garbage man. You go be the surgeon. You, nah, but we need musicians, because everybody wanna talk about their favorite musicians. Niggas love to watch documentaries, but you wasn't there when James Brown was broke. You wasn't there when Bob Marley was literally sleeping on a door. You wasn't there when Bob had to leave his kids, go to Delaware, another country, and try to do what people said. Yeah, get you a good job. Get you a trade. And in his spirit, something kept saying, yeah, all could play music, man. So I'm inspired by people like that. I had to just come to grips with it of young, hey man, if you was about to go do all that shit, it's a little too late for that. But what it's never too late for is using a gift God gave you. And if you're blessed enough, you'll make enough money from it. But I do it because I love it, because I ain't getting paid shit. They ain't never gave us no big payday, with awards and all. You think they called me for something in the water? yeah mm. right but who got the best album in the so let's leave that right there i'm just throwing little stones out there so y'all okay. know what's up but yeah like we need more real men niggas try to make us think that being a man is just this one thing or is it is done like this and don't don't you know your man have to sit like this and if you cross your legs like that then you, man shut up james Baldwin will smack you But you would say he wasn't a man because he didn't fit your, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm here to debunk all these myths. Like Peter Tosh said, I have come to kill the fuckery. Part of that is just being honest. You know what I'm saying? I praise God. Don't check my uh, internet history on Tuesday. (laughs) Tuesday, that's it? Fridays are worse. Uh, Oh, okay, my bad. Okay. (laughs) Just wanted to make sure it was more than than one day. You know what I'm saying? It's like, look. We imperfect. Yeah, man. Be that's. honest. You know, Mel- Uncle Melvin said that to me. He said, what I like about you is you're comfortable knowing that you don't know anything. hmm Not that you don't want to know anything, but you don't walk in pretending to be some shit. Like, nah. And, I, and I, I, I pray that everything that I'm saying right now, you see this shit as I rise. As it's the next interview and I, you know what I'm saying? That I'm not out this motherfucking that attempt and return with a gold grill and chains on like yo what like that you know sorry my bad I'm tripping I forgot to completely silence my shit let me do I didn't even right hear now. the joint yeah little bell went off but um yeah man just honesty that's it's just I'm on a journey of trying to be the most authentic me yeah you know what I'm saying.
1: and I think that so resonates going back
0: to just like I said some dudes I just I'm hey man this is what it is like you know what I'm saying at times, it is the man holding it down. At times, it's the woman holding it down, as long as y'all hold it down, yeah. you know what I'm saying?
1: So to that point, man, of, 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 of knowing, I'ma condense it for the purpose of a segue, just you know, knowing your purpose and living it, man. And you are getting ready to make another move. You was in New York for that one time, mm-hmm. being out of the city. Now, you're going to the whole the motherfucking coast, opposite coast. coast. Yeah. Um, how you feel about that? Wow. Um,
0: I feel a bunch of things. The most important one is hopeful. I'm nervous. I got anxiety. Um, I have my youngest children that are going to still be here on the East Coast, so there's figuring that out. But... I got faith. So between faith and hope, I figure I'll be all right. There's belief in there somewhere. So um, it took a bunch of ancestors to get to me. So there's apparently some force that wants me and mine to be here for something. You know what I'm saying? I know it was some great people before me that did great things, so here I am now I'm in the era where we got, you know, phones and shit, and, you know, Frederick Douglass ain't had no motherfucking cell phone. (laughs) No, he didn't. Yeah, like, MLK didn't have a cell phone. uh, Malcolm was not tweeting. Bob was not fucking tweeting, nigga. They was out there doing the work. They were out there living life, too. Cause everybody wanna romanticize it like it's just this one. Nah, Bob was a bunch of things. Martin Luther King was a bunch of things. They weren't just this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm
1: losing my point, but uh, nah, you. I think it. I think that's relevant to just but
0: just like I can do it. That's what I'm saying. It's like if they can make it and they didn't have this shit. You know what I'm saying? People surviving slavery, surviving regular everyday life, surviving relationships, survive, and they got to this point. Yo, you can do it, dude. You got GPS on your phone. Yeah. You know, well, I was just following the North Star or something else to tell them which way to go to get to freedom. That's my theme, freedom. Don't talk to me about shit unless it's about freedom. Don't tell me to come up to your level of poverty. Mm. Not down, up. That's something I learned from my brother. He said people want you to come up to their level of poverty.
1: So interesting. Pretending bro. to be rich. Me and my lady were walking down the street the other day. now this was maybe about a year ago. I'll never forget this as long as I live. And we're walking, and there was a a, a homeless lady out there, and I was like, "Hey, how you doing?" I said, "Hey, how you doing?" Because my woman works in homeless services. I don't think the woman knew my, my woman my lady or not, but. That lady yelled literally at the top of her fucking lungs, Don't talk to me, you fucking slave. Mm. That shit sat with me, bro, for like two, three days straight. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this woman who, by all accounts, is not doing well. Mm-hmm. And by all accounts, I am. Mm -hmm. based on certain metrics, right? Mm -hmm. And that woman looked at me and saw what I felt to be probably the most truest motherfucking thing she could say about me at that time. Mm -hmm. Because we're slaves to things that we don't even know. Mm -hmm. And so, asking somebody to read, to, to come up to your condition of poverty is a totally different way because you're defining what these things are in your life and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. And you can move different, man, you can see shit different. That's freedom in a way cuz it opens you up from from these this shit that didn't that you had no responsibility for creating. No mm-hmm. framework, none of it. None of it serves you. Yeah. You know, and it creates anxiety and, and, and stress in areas, and it's not even, all, it's not even real for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's a manufactured shit. Yeah. Um, have you started working on a new joint?
0: Yes. So, Gucci is already followed up. I got, I got two projects in the tub. Um, coincidentally, let's remind people that God Hates Gucci one. Best hip-hop album for 2022 in the DMV, the whole thing, D.C., Maryland, Virginia. No matter what part of Maryland you're in, no matter what part of Virginia, D.C., it's the whole thing. Best hip-hop album 2022. The best hip-hop artist for 2022 was that dude, Let the Dirt Say Amen. You might have heard about him. I was with him when he recorded the shit. He's a bad motherfucker. Anyway, back Great. to what I was saying. Follow up to God hates Gucci. It was gonna be called Cocaine Confetti, which was just a random name that came to me and I was like, well, what does that mean? I said, dope falling from the sky. Just dope shit. Process, and then it was like, nah, that ain't it. And you go through shit as an artist, um, changes, dealing with the business, dealing with your life shit, and you should have something to talk about. So I discovered I have some experiences that I would like to talk about. I have some better bars now, Mm. you know what I'm saying? I knew that when Gucci happened that I transitioned into, you really rapping now, dog. Like Bullets was some shit, like you was on some, but this shit, you rapping now. So now everything from there is like, all right, let's go. So like I said, just different things going on in my world. And I decided to change the title of the album to I love you, I'm not sorry. This is the first time that I'm actually saying that, that that's what the follow-up to God Hates Gucci is gonna be called, I love you, I'm not sorry. It's a saying that me my older brother, my man Rashad, aka Hoodie, uh, it was this this wrestling shit. Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels. I'm not a big wrestling fan. Um, I used to when I was a kid, but you know what I'm saying. You, you everybody was. You peep little shit here and there, right? Yeah, yeah. So it was the last battle or whatever between these cats, and Ric Flair was about to go down. Shawn Michaels is in the ro- the corner, and He's basically about to knock him out for the count. And he looks at him. Ric Flair is standing in the mirror, like, breathing all heavy. And he mouths the words, I love you, I'm sorry. And then drop kicks this nigga.
2: <laughs> so we kind of
0: looked at that, like, metaphorically, like, when you have to say fuck you to people. And that's with love. Yeah. Most people don't understand that. that yeah, you can actually be like, nah, yeah, I, I'm not messing with you right now. And it's still rooted in love mm-hmm. so one day my older brother was like hey nah, Tim we're gonna start saying I love you I'm not sorry so I thought about where I'm at what I'm trying to say with this album and that made sense so I was like all right that's the name of it so you got the official I I put the hashtag out there just to allude to shit and anyone that's paying attention they'll see it come back up but that's going to be the follow up the God Hates Gucci. So it's already written. All the music is done. I just have to go in the studio and record it.
1: Now this is under Let the Dirt Say Amen? Yeah.
0: Everything from here on out will be under that. Unless God comes <laughs> and says to me, yo, I want you to change it again. We're going to ride with that. Because if it just flows. It makes sense. Chuck D said this shit. Shout out to Chuck D, public enemy, and the whole crew. He said mm-hmm. he was about to play one of the songs on his radio station. And he said... This is by Let the Dirt Say Amen, which, by the way, is the best name for any artist. And I was just like, see, confirmation. So we gonna keep it, keep it as as that dirty amen going forward. But um, so, yeah, you got that. That's the follow up. But this is the bonus is that God sent me another project after I finished all that was like, why don't you do an EP? And then put that out before you give Bam, was the next follow-up album? I bet. It's like, and I just started making some more beats. Cause my idea for the next album after Gucci was to be produced by all other producers, but I know what I wanna sound like. So that's basically, and I can't not do it when I feel the spirit say, yo, go work on something. And yeah, yeah. If I just so happen to make the one that's like, yeah, I don't need nobody else beats then that's what I'm gonna do. So here we are, two more projects already in the tuck. I got one more song to write for the EP, but it's gonna be an eight song EP. It's gonna be five songs. So it's technically a full album, but Mm -hmm. you know, call it what you wanna call it. It'll be out there. And I was gonna call that shit Pretty Girls and Whiskey, which is a line from uh, Get On Up, the James Brown story when he was a kid Stayed at the brothel, soldiers be coming in, trying to give the ladies. He was standing out there with this dude. He's like, Pretty Girls, Whiskey, Pretty Girls, Whiskey. So I was like, Yo, that's a dope ass name for an album. Again, process happens, that changes. Kendrick drops. Shout out to Kendrick. So clearly, he's one of them ones, you know what I mean? It's only ones, pretty though. much three names that really get mentioned when they're talking about rapping that way, and that's Kendrick, Cole, and Drake. Mm-hmm. Some K-Dot Drops, um, I thought it was an amazing project. It was more like almost a movie in a way than an album because it, it he gave you like one or two joints with that hip hop, but it was like, this is going through some, yeah. you know what I mean? But anyway, so it's like, you know, saw the name a minute ago before it had dropped. Like, all right, it's gonna be called Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. And I was like, all right, that's dope, that's some fly shit. So again, here we go again with the inspiration thing and giving credit to people. Don't just do some shit. Don't tell niggas where you got it from. I saw Kendrick's title. I said, yo, that's fly shit. I'm still rolling with the pretty girls in whiskey. And then one day I heard in my head, Senor Morales and the wig splitters. It's like, hey, that's fly. Now here's to teach people the difference between inspiration and biting. Inspiration is, loop it back around, West Side Gun did an album called Supreme Blind Tale with a beat. If you are a hip hop head or a street person, you should understand where the beat comes from. We'll leave that alone. But he he did that after Ghostface Killers album, Supreme Clientele. So you have examples of this, you know what I'm saying? So I said, yo, I like that name. Something about it just ring. And it was like, well, why would you call it that? And it was like, because I was inspired by Kendrick and I thought about wig splitting. Knocking motherfuckers the fuck out. I like it. So when you hear this shit, know that I'm not playing. i There ain't no motherfucking, nah, ain't. we? If we gonna talk about love and some more shit, but you gonna know, again, that I'm big bro. Let me take these shits off one more time. Directly in the camera, all right? It only makes sense for me to know how to do this in a way that's like, oh, okay, yeah. I see that's, but that's big, bro. I'm older than people. And the ones that's older than me, I learn from them. So I should be able to outdo you. Yeah. So Senor Morales and the wig splitters, all right? Cause everybody's talking about steppers and stepping nowadays. It's like, let's go back to wig splitting. Y'all remember that shit? I'm gonna show you how it's done lyrically. I'm gonna show you how to do it with beats. So, got an EP and an album as follow-ups for Gucci at this point. And then, I've done a couple features with with Cats. Um, Like I said, shout out to Rock Abraham, the three stars, Two Stripes is out now. People I'm gonna check that joint out. That's definitely a winner, a big winner. Um, I got... uh, I think two joints I did on the new Black Earth album, which is Camber and Howard Knox. Howard mm. Knox, shout out to HK, amazing fucking producer. They did a project before called Black Earth, the first one, I think Blunt Force Trauma. This one, I, I want to say this one is called Black Earth to ICU, but I know that the intro is called ICU. So I did the intro to the album and another one of the songs me and Camber on. Um, Shout out to Judah, the engineer for all of that good shit. Um, my man ADST got work coming out. I did like maybe two, two or three songs with him. Um, shout out to my man DJ Nate Jeezy. I got you, bro. That shit is coming. We're about to make history with that joint. I got a feature with my man. If I'm forgetting anyone, forgive me. Um, Who, with Nate? Yeah, Nate Jeezy, that's my man. Nate, me, Nate. I met Nate when I was working at XM, XM Radio. Bro, Nate
1: was in Detroit with me.
0: Oh, shit, that's crazy.
1: And I told him you were coming on, because me and him, are like this too.
0: That's what's up, yo. That's and um, I shit. told him
1: he was coming on, and he was like, God, his Gucci ain't even his best work. And I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, man... He forgot the name or something, so he went back. Nate is the one to help me go down the path and dig a little deeper with your stuff.
0: Shout out to my bro, man. Yeah, Nate. I, you know,
1: he's a good, he's a good human being, do, bro.
0: That's all I got was good vibes from him. So when he hit me, it only was like, man, please, it's you, bro. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? So we got something coming out. Um, I think he said he's gonna drop it end of the year or beginning of next year. Um, so, yeah, but it's, I try to just, you know, do as much as I can before we head out west, because once I get out west, I'm hitting the ground with that shit, too. Yeah, I'm linking with like-minded people. Shout out to my man, Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Bueller Sir Ronnie Bueller Shout out to my <laughs> man, Keith Mills. We about to get into it. Shout out to my man, Irvin Green, and Adonis, Hip Hop Digest, Felipe's Garage. But I got, and my man, Luis Ramirez. That's my love, my heart, man, my, mi compañero. He got me plugged into L.A. Shout out to Skip Townsend. I'm giving all my L.A. shout outs. Nah, really, go ahead, real bro. Because that's where we headed. We about to, you know, but when I get there, the plan is to keep to keep going, man. So it's like when I touch down there, that's when I will put my plan in, in effect to work with other producers. But right now, I wanted to make sure that y'all got enough from me to know, yeah, I'm him, man all right his imperial majesty (laughs) yeah yeah like it's not a joke and i'm saying that boasting on the god in me not me or my ego like my man said in black dynamite that's not ego that's how we go Mm. i'm boasting in god god made me dope so yeah we're gonna hit la and run with it but before we go I just try to do as much, you know what I'm saying. Like I said, even this interview included. Again, thank you, big bro. Thank you, um, bro. And sorry for keep tapping this mic.
1: Nah, it, it's it um it does it doesn't sound as bad as you would think. Okay. Yeah. But um,
0: I, Yeah, man, it's just you know.
1: I appreciate the time, man. I um. I'm glad you exist, dog, and I'm and glad likewise. that you're making music. I'm thank glad you. that you. Glad that you. Did. I'm glad that it's a lot of shit that comes and goes in cities, man. Mm-hmm. And for you to be what I am going to consider to be the 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 representative of D.C. hip hop, man, and you doing that in a way that 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 nourishes and uplifts the culture and the men and women and people in it, dog. It's just a it's just a beautiful thing, man, and I um I have no doubt that you'll be well received and well supported there, like like you are here, man, and you are. And I told Drew, uh, uh, Drew kid, this when he was on here, man. Like I'm as concerned. far as I'm concerned, bro, like you you tune the fork, James. I. I don't know how we gonna end up connecting outside of this stuff, man, and moving forward, but happen. we're just way too like minded yeah, for things yeah. to not you figure done. out other ways to to manifest. So yeah.
0: most definitely, man. I feel the same way. And that's like I said, you know, spirits is real. When you come into a place, that shit lets you know, you know, whether or not you should be there and who or not, who to fuck with and who not to fuck with. You know what I'm saying? So when you find kindred spirits. I think it's 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 smart to make your tribe as big as possible.
1: And the fact that you look like my father, yeah, you know, bro, that shit.
0: LSG shit. When I came around the corner, light-skinned gangsters. When I
1: came around the corner, I was like, oh shit, that's pop. I almost started fucking tearing up lightweight, bro. I had to, I had to catch myself. That's wild, man. Cause he been gone for a minute, you know. But um, that's, that's amazing, yo. It, 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 it threw me back, man. So, um, thank you for that moment as well, dog, and just yeah, like man, I said, thank
0: God for you know again making us always have brothers and sisters and twins
1: yep. all over the world, you know. So salute to you, man. Best wishes to hey. Callie. Thank you you always got a home here. You always got support, man. Whatever you need at any point in time, I'm putting it on the line. Yes, yeah, sir.
0: Don't stop this shit, man. Like this, this is gonna morph into something even big because this is huge to me right now. All of this, everything feels beyond legitimate. And like I said, you're giving us a platform to come and, and let people know, hey, man. I exist. This is what I do. This is why I do it. You know what I'm saying? So, thank you, bro. Shout out to you eternally for that shit.
1: Thank you, bro. Yeah. Hey. So, next time, we're going to be talking about uh, the wig splitters. No, hey. I love you. I'm not sorry.
0: Nah, well, so this, and I'm glad we said this real quick for a go. So, Senor Morales and the Wig Splitters is going to drop before I Love You and Not Sorry. It just popped in and it was like, it just feels right to drop this first. So, and trust me, when y'all hear this shit, both of these projects, um, there are some kindred elements that will connect you to God Hates Gucci and connect you to the projects before, but I'm going in a different direction. So I love always it. expect from me that I'm going I'm, to I'm keep my formula, Cause dope, what's dope is dope. You should never change that shit. Just don't ever be whack, all right? I don't know what y'all call whack nowadays in the new generation, but it means shit that sucks, all right? I think a lot of y'all know that it sucks when you record it, but you put it out anyway, because that's the standard. Over here, we don't make shit sandwiches. We make dope shit, so yeah. So we gonna drop that Senor Morales and the wig splitters I love you i'm not sorry comes after that me and my man sir ronnie over in la we about to get down on some shit and give y'all something that nobody's expecting from me or him and it's gonna keep going and then again when y'all are ready to stop fronting and stop funding terrible motherfuckers that do nothing for the culture the community, none of that shit. I don't care if you give back 100 turkeys at Thanksgiving. If you're making music about black people killing black people and black people selling dope to black people and disrespecting black women and all of that shit, again, none of us are perfect, but you're not helping. So my shit is here to tell you how to do it, why you're whack, and how to never do it again, all right? God hates Gucci and he don't wear Louis.